You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Episode 4 of Healing Through Tarot. Today I will be covering the types of questions to ask for your readings and how to phrase those questions for the best results along with how to get started with tarot spreads. In the last podcast episode, we covered how to start pulling cards and how to begin to learn the tarot card meanings for each of the 78 tarot cards. I have added tarot card meaning cheat sheets on my Pinterest page under the Healing Through Tarot account. These cheat sheets can help you with learning keywords for each card. I have a Pinterest board on my page dedicated to this called Tarot Card Meaning Cheat Sheets, so I made it very easy to find them. I have several cheat sheets to choose from, and some of them are divided by suits and numbers, so you have plenty of options. These sheets help you at the beginning of your tarot journey as you are committing the meanings to memory. Before long, you'll be pulling cards and making your own associations. I think it is important to understand that each reader has their own personal meaning for each card as they become more comfortable with the cards. What I mean by this is that most readers know and use the traditional meanings, but also have personal meanings that the cards can represent for them as well. For example, I see the Devil card in a slightly different way than some readers. Due to my psychological work with inner critical voices and destructive self-criticism, I often see the devil card as the representation of that inner critic or gremlin that inundates us with negative self-talk and negative self-sabotaging concepts. So when the devil card pops up for me, that is the first meaning that pops into my mind, as well as the concepts of fear and doubt, which I also think stems from the critic anyway. Some readers may go straight to traditional meanings of vices bondage, restriction, greed, addiction, sexuality, fear, etc. I have used the book Taming Your Gremlin with clients for about 15 years now in my psychological practice, so that immediate association of this devious inner gremlin or critic always pops into my mind's eye. So what I have to do is consider who I'm reading for, what question I'm asking, or what situation I'm looking at, and then I go through the list of possibilities that this card could represent. I'm also a Capricorn, and the devil represents the zodiac sign of Capricorn. So that is always at the front of my mind as well. So that card could be coming up for that reason. But through this walkthrough of this example, I hope you can see how the cards start to shift in meaning for people with different backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives. And really, that's the beauty of tarot. If you get a reading from two or three different readers on the same question, you're still likely to get different takes on the responses. I love that tarot is fluid. The outcome of the reading could be similar, but different cards could come up for different readers because the reader has different associations for the cards. I watch a lot of tarot readers on YouTube who are reading on the same current events, and many of them come to the same conclusion after pulling cards. But I observe that for each reader, they consider different cards to represent the events and the people involved. So for me, it's fascinating to watch their different perspectives as the card plays out and end up at the same conclusion. 
Start to pay attention to what cards come up for you when you ask about certain situations and people. And you'll notice that certain cards repeatedly come up to represent people, events, and obstacles in your life. That is how you start to build personal associations with your cards. My readings don't always go by the book or by traditional meanings, and they shouldn't. Certain cards have become representative of my family, friends, and pets. So when reading for myself, I know what the cards are pointing to in my life. But that changes when I read for others, and I have to take that into consideration. Journaling as you start to pull cards will help you track which cards are starting to come up for these types of situations, and you'll start to see patterns. This may sound complicated, but it is something that comes with time. And as you start to work with the cards, it starts to happen naturally. I know some people get really intimidated by tarot, especially when trying to learn all the card meanings and the structure of the tarot system. In those situations, when I see people feeling overwhelmed, I often suggest that the individual start with an oracle deck just so they can get comfortable with the act of shuffling and pulling cards and getting a personal message for the day. This helps take the fear out of learning to work with divination, if it's the size of the tarot system that feels daunting to them. With oracle decks, the pressure is off because you pull a card or two and the meanings are easy to understand and are straightforward. I have noticed that starting with oracle cards eases some people into the process because before long, They're getting such great messages with the oracle cards that they come back to the tarot hungry for more elaborate spreads, and it's easier for them to start learning the tarot again at that point. And by then, they're comfortable with pulling cards, and they're more likely to trust their readings. So I just wanted to suggest that option if anyone out there is starting to feel intimidated by the tarot process. But I urge you not to give up on learning the tarot. Take it slow if you must. I promise it gets easier as you go. I can relate to this struggle. Tarot was very easy and natural for me to pick up, but I'm currently learning the Lenormand card system, and it seemed like it was going to be an easier system to pick up than the tarot because it only had 36 cards versus the 78. But I'm struggling to switch my brain off from the tarot system that is already so ingrained. I'm going to keep at it, and I know it will click one day. It is just that different people take to different systems, so don't be so hard on yourself if tarot seems overwhelming. Most people have one divinatory system that is their go-to, even if they work with multiple types of systems. Tarot is just the language that speaks to me the easiest. Rest assured that you'll find the language that speaks to you, too. In our first few episodes, we talked about starting off with daily one-card pulls and moving up to three-card spreads as you started to feel more comfortable with the cards. You can pull a simple card draw in the morning and then reflect on those cards at the end of the day to see how the cards played out over the course of the day. In your tarot journal, log all of your card pulls so you can keep track of any repeated cards. To help you get started, I'm going to go over some examples of some popular three-card spreads. A simple spread would be for a card for mind, body, and spirit. This way you can do a simple check-in for the day in each of those areas, and these are pretty self-explanatory. 
the most popular three-card spread has to be past, present, and future. This seems like a simple spread, but I want to encourage you to dig deeper on even this simple card spread. For the past position, I want you to look at this card as what experiences or events got you to the present moment. Start to use the past card positions to identify your behavioral patterns because you can start to see how all of your actions and decisions led to where you currently are. Our present is the result of our past actions and decisions, and our future will be the result of the actions and decisions we make right now. So use this knowledge to create change and learn from these lessons. When you look at the present card position, you can start to make the connection of how you ended up here. This is important if you aren't happy with your current situation, because now you'll have a clue as to what behaviors may need to be altered if you want to change your life circumstances. And it is important to understand that whatever you are doing right now will lead to your future outcome. So even this simple past, present, future spread can help you start to alter those behavioral patterns that are problematic and lead to undesirable situations. Now, if you're happy with where you are, apply that same logic. Identify what past actions led you here and then keep on that path if you want to maintain it, because in that circumstance, you're obviously doing something right. Now, one of my personal favorite three-card spreads is obstacle, advice, and outcome. Because this shows me the exact obstacle that I need to overcome in that moment, and the cards are giving me insight on the type of action I will need to take. The cards are also revealing the most likely outcome if I take that advice. So with these simple spreads, you can start to pull daily to get familiar with your cards and how they speak to you. After you feel proficient with three-card spreads, you can graduate to more complex spreads. Now I want to talk about the importance of how you phrase the questions that you pose for your readings. This is perhaps more important than you first realize. When forming questions for the cards, whether it be tarot or oracle, consider that yes or no questions place limitations on the responses and the choices. It is best to ask open-ended questions. I'm going to give you some options for framing more open-ended questions to help you see the difference in phrasing. So instead of yes or no phrasing, you can word a question like this. I am seeking insight about dot dot dot. Here you insert whatever topic or situation you're asking about. Or you can ask, what life lessons are significant for me to learn in this situation? Or maybe ask, what guidance and direction would help me navigate this situation? Instead of asking, will I get the job I'm interviewing for next week? You could rephrase that to, how can I have a better chance of securing the job on my interview next week? This way, the cards can give you insight on what actions you could take to increase your odds of securing the job, instead of just a simple yes or no, which doesn't help improve your odds. The way I work with the cards is to get the most I can out of them as a self-improvement tool not just as a predictive tool. The prediction aspect doesn't help me grow. The insightfulness of the cards does actually help with growth. Asking an open-ended question will give you a higher quality response with more insight. For example, change the question from, will I meet someone special soon, 
to what has been blocking me in finding a new healthy relationship and how can I release these blockages to clear the way for love? Do you see the difference in quality of that phrasing? This tweaking of the language invites deeper reflection and opportunity for improvement and change. Tarot, in my opinion, is all about facilitating inner work, whether that be psychological, emotional, or spiritual. So why not use the tool to its full potential? Receiving a yes or no response might be good for a quick passing question, but if you want to usher in significant change, you will need to be able to identify the patterns that are leading to the frustration you may be feeling regarding not moving forward on your goal. And once those patterns are identified, you will need guidance on what actions to take to create change that will help open up new avenues for you. Always consider if your question is phrased in a way that helps you dig deeper into the root of the matter. And you can always ask follow-up questions or pull clarifiers if your answer leads to other questions. Or you can just throw an entirely new spread on what you uncovered in that initial question. I can't tell you how many times I've thrown multiple spreads because the revelations were so insightful that I wanted to keep digging on that issue. I want to give you some examples of types of questions you can ask in your readings since you may be ready to tackle some more meaningful questions. Feel free to write any of these down to use in your daily pulls for the next few weeks. And all of these are posted on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com if you want to be able to reference the full list at any time. You can ask, what message do I most need to hear today? What do I need to focus on to get back on track? Or how can I get unstuck? What have I been neglecting? Or what am I missing or not seeing? What needs nurturing or healing at this time? Or you could phrase it a little differently and ask, what healing action should I take now? How can I align with my purpose? Where should I put my energy? Or you can even ask, what energy will be prominent this week? Those are just a few examples just to get you started. Coming up in the second part of this episode, I will walk you through a traditional Celtic cross and share with you my adaptations to this very popular spread. Book two in my fictional divination book series, The Divining Sisters, has released. In this second installment of this series, titled We Divine Three, we learn more about the past incarnations of these soul-bound sisters, and we discover more about the faith that binds them as they piece together the clues that point to their shared destiny. This mystical and soul-stirring series focuses on reconnecting with past life gifts, sisterhood, empowerment through facing fears, and learning to step out of the shadows, which for these diviners comes from their love of the craft of divination, which is carried over for many lifetimes. In We Divine Three, we see the story from the perspective of all three sisters, giving us a glimpse into how their shared past from the witch trials weaves throughout their current incarnation through not only their gifts, but also their deepest fears. Readers are raving about the series, saying, This is the metaphysical series I've been waiting for. I was hooked from the beginning and even find myself slowing down because I just want it to last. I'm eagerly awaiting the next ones. I love this book. It's not just about tarot. 
is about much, much more. I was quickly drawn into the story. The characters are so relatable, and the explanations of tarot readings, spiritual healing, and past lives are absolutely accurate. Inspirational and entertaining. Thank you for bringing us this new witchy series to fall in love with. You can find the ebook and paperback of The Call of the Cards, which is book one in the Divining Sister series, and We Divine Three, which is book two, on Amazon now. And the ebooks are also available on Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, Google Play, Kobo, Scribd, Smashwords, and more. Read the book blurbs and book quotes on author.heatherhardison.com. Start your magical healing journey with the Divining Sisters today and find your way back to yourself through their inspiring story. I've created a line of Healing Through Tarot spread ebooks that are for sale on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. There's a spread for all seasons that contains 17 custom spreads designed to guide you through the seasons of any year. It covers holidays, birthdays, full and new moons, mercury retrogrades, seasonal spreads, year-end and year-ahead spreads, and eclipses with weekly and monthly spreads that you can reuse again and again year after year. This spread ebook is $10. I also have two volumes of healing and mental health spreads, each with 15 spreads centered around healing and mental health issues, including anxiety, body healing, managing depression, restoring balance, ancestral karma clearing, family healing, self-care, and much, much more. These two volumes complement each other, but each can also stand alone. Volume 1 is $13, and Volume 2 is $14. You can find all of these spread ebooks on my website, healingthroughterra.com, and I'm currently working on a new spread ebook that consists of 20 shadow work spreads coming out in the fall of 2022. This Healing Through Terror line of spread ebooks is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. Together, we can heal through tarot. In the second part of this episode, we will be walking through the Celtic Cross Terror Spread. It is a 10-card spread that is often considered the most popular terror spread. I love to throw the spread when a question comes up throughout my day and I just need a quick look at it. I've memorized the spread and it only takes about 20 seconds to throw the cards for this one once you're through shuffling. It gives me a glance at all the main themes that I would need to know about a situation quickly. And I also throw this spread weekly for a quick look ahead for the week and I do the same for my monthly reading. I'm going to walk you through all 10 card positions and I have this spread up on my blog on healingthroughterror.com so you can visually walk through it as well. You can start the spread by placing a signifier card for yourself or the person you're reading for if you like. I don't typically do this, but some readers do feel that it adds to the reading. If you don't know, a signifier card is a card that represents the querent, and it could be based on a zodiac sign, appearance, personality traits, or their career. For instance, my signifier card is the Queen of Pentacles, both because I'm a Capricorn female and I'm a counselor, which is a nurturing and practical career. If you use a signifier card, place that in the center of the spread before you start. Then the first card you pull for your spread goes on top of that card. 
Okay, so let's begin to walk through the Celtic cross spread. For card position number one, this is going to go in the center of your spread. This represents the heart of the matter for the situation you're asking about, and it's basically the current state of mind. For card position number two, you're going to lay this across the first card, and this represents any obstacles or immediate challenges that lie ahead that you need to overcome. It could also represent any cause of the trouble that you're dealing with. Card position number three, you're going to put at the very top of the spread. This goes above card one, and this is what crowns you. It's your aspirations, ideals, goals, objectives. And the way my tarot teacher put this is that it's the potential of the situation or the energy that's available to you that you can achieve if you put in the work. So it's kind of what you're striving for, or it's the potential. Now we're going to move down to the very bottom of the spread for the foundation or the root card. Card number four. This is what's beneath you. Any past experiences that anchor or hold down that present moment. Card position five is going to go to the left of card position one because this is the past card. This is what's behind you and it's the past influences on the present situation. Card position six is going to go to the right of card one because this is what is before you. What lies in your near future? Now, for card positions 7, 8, 9, and 10, we're going to make a straight line that's parallel to card position 1, starting with 7 at the bottom. This is your attitude towards the current situation or energies that you bring to the situation. Card number 8 goes right above that card 7. This is external influences on the matter at hand. So you're looking at social and environmental influences. Card 9 goes just above that card. This represents hopes and fears. So this is internal conflicts affecting the present situation. And the last card is card number 10. This is the most likely outcome to the situation. So now that I've walked you through all of the card positions for the Celtic Cross, let me explain how I shuffle and lay my cards out. After shuffling the cards, I lay out all the cards face down, and I turn all of the cards over at once to see the cards all together. However, when you're just starting out, if you want to turn over each card separately so you can read one card at a time, do so if that helps you to focus. I personally like to see the combination of cards to feel the energy of the spread and how they work together. After shuffling and pulling all of your cards, you can turn the deck upside down to see which card is on the bottom of the deck. This is called the back of the deck energy. It could be an important message, or it could be the root of what you're asking about. Some readers view this as a card that represents what's going on subconsciously for the client. And this is especially the case for tarot decks, because I don't use this method for oracle cards. You may only feel the need to do this at times, and you'll know when. I just get an urge that says, turn the deck over. Not all readers use the back of the deck card pull, so only go with it if it feels natural to you. Now that I've covered the traditional layout of the Celtic Cross, I want to walk you through the adaptations that I use to make this spread work for me. Some readers say they don't regularly use the Celtic Cross because they feel it's too simplistic. So I tweak this spread to make it more functional for myself so that I get more out of it. For card position 2, which I described earlier as the crossing energy, many readers view this as obstacles crossing you. 
I look at it as the energy surrounding me or available to me at the time. So I don't classify this energy as negative. I leave it open to be any type of energy that I can work with. For example, if I pull the magician card in that position, I can view that as manifesting and creative energy that I can tap into. However, if it's a negative card, like the Five of Wands or the Five of Swords, I would view that as an obstacle. I change the Hopes and Fears card, which is the card nine, to an obstacle that I'm facing currently. And then I pull a second card in relation to this card for advice for dealing with that obstacle. When I read for myself, I already know my hopes and fears, and I find that this doesn't benefit me much in the moment, so I change this card. And at times I will pull a 12th card if I ask to see the outcome of the situation, if I successfully implement the advice and overcome the obstacle. The reason I pulled the 12th card is because the outcome card already in the spread at position 10 is showing me the outcome if the situation continues as is, without any changes. And I usually want to see the alternative outcome if I take action based on the advice given in the spread. Then I'm able to directly compare the two paths available to me, and I'll have a choice on which path I choose. This actually brings me to an important point that I want to make about outcomes and tarot spreads. They are not set in stone. The way I view tarot is that it's a tool to give us insight and basically give us a heads up on what could be coming down the path for us. So then we can prepare how we want to react and respond. It's my perspective that the cards don't guarantee what will happen in the future. The cards only show us what will likely happen given the energy now. So basically, I view the cards as showing us the trajectory of that energy if we want to continue on the same path we're currently on. So nothing is set in stone or guaranteed. Which is a good thing. So you don't have to panic if you pull the tower card. It is important to remember that we all have free will. So if you see cards in the reading that make you uncomfortable, remember that the cards are showing you the most likely outcome. But you still have control here. There may be actions that you can take to shift that trajectory if you want to shift into a new direction. Not every situation can be changed, of course. Some things are just faded for us on our path. But there will be situations we encounter that we can move away from or change. Also, remember that other people in our life also have free will. As the people around you make decisions, your trajectory can shift too. Everything is always fluid. So let's say you pull the tower card. Think of it as a warning and a heads up. You can be much more prepared about things if you know ahead of time what's coming your way. This is the main reason I do readings for myself. I like to get the lay of the land. I like to see what's ahead of me for the week and the month, and I even do year-ahead spreads, and I look back at them afterwards, and much of the time it was very accurate, especially the year-ahead spreads, and they have helped me to map out what was coming. I recently read Benabel Wynn's book, Holistic Tarot, and she gave a wonderful take on this. She said, if you were to enter a dark room with obstacles in the way, wouldn't you want the option of having a flashlight to see the obstacles in front of you instead of ramming into them in the dark. I thought that was a helpful way to view divination. So now that I've given you a few adaptations that you can make to the Celtic Cross, do some readings with the traditional spread 
and start to envision if there are any tweaks that you would make to the spread to make it more helpful for you. We all have different needs when working with the cards, and you can tailor your readings to your own needs. It's totally up to you how you customize your spreads. Don't be afraid to experiment with the cards. Get creative. So now that we've covered how to phrase your questions and how to get started on tarot spreads, I wanted to give you some suggestions on where to find even more spreads you can practice with. There's a book called 365 Terror Spreads by Sasha Graham that helps give you a wide range of spreads. The link to that book is in the show notes. You can find great terror questions and terror prompts on Instagram if you follow the hashtag terror challenges, where people post 31 days of questions and prompts for each month. These tarot challenges are great to help you connect with your cards by giving you unique questions that you can ask your decks throughout the month. Ethany Dawn publishes a custom spread for each new moon and full moon on her Instagram page. I always use her spreads each month. They're usually around four to six card positions and are themed according to the energy of each moon phase based on the zodiac sign the moon is in. You should be able to find her under Ethany or Tarot Goddess on Instagram. My favorite Instagram account to find custom tarot spreads is an account called Al and Bones Tarot. They post often, and I find their spreads to be very powerful. Also, I have a Pinterest board dedicated to tarot spreads if you want to find some more spreads to try out. I'm under Healing Through Tarot on Pinterest and Instagram. In the next podcast episode, I will be discussing how I develop my tarot approach and style, and I will talk about my growth through this process. So join me next time for that discussion. And remember, I will be publishing new episodes twice a month, so subscribe to make sure you continue on this terror journey with me. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow car readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on healingthroughtarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.